All right, we'll be in 2 Kings chapter 2 this morning. 2 Kings chapter 2, starting at verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha uh, were on their way from Gilgal. Elisha said to Elisha, uh, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. How do you like that response there? I love that response. Then Elisha said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, you, uh, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. And so the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the people where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak and he rolled it up and he struck the water with it. And the water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As, you, as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the, the, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elijah saw him no, Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment, and he tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak uh, that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elisha, and he struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he, he uh, struck the water, it divided uh, to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching, said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Look, they said, We, your servants, have uh, fifty able men. Let us go and look for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has picked him up from, uh, picked him up and set him down on some mountain or in some valley. No, Elisha replied, Do not send them. But they persisted until he was too embarrassed to refuse. So he said, send them. And they sent 50 men who searched three days but did not find him. When they returned to Elisha, who was staying in Jericho, he said to them, didn't I tell you not to go? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we apply it this morning. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to say. And when it's time to be quiet, Lord, I pray that you let me be quiet. I pray this in your name. Amen. So we have we have uh, 
two very uh, interesting people that we're dealing with here in this passage. And if you're not careful, you can have a tongue twister problem. Is, are we talking about Elijah or are we talking about Elisha? One time I was reading a passage and, uh, and uh, I, I, knowing that, that this is, um, you've you got to take some Hebrew approach to this. And so when you do Hebrew, you've got to get your, your, your throat full of, you got like you're clearing everything out. And so when, when uh, I was reading it one time and I forgot to, you know, get my throat full of stuff before I was reading the words. And so um, I, I, I said, Alicia, uh, which I've heard some people pronounce it that way. But uh, we have Elijah and we have Elisha. And uh, what the difference is here is uh, Elijah would be the, the, the prophet that would have been the, the mentor to Elisha who would later become, or who was already a prophet, but was the, uh, the under prophet, so to say, at the time. And... and uh, one thing that we have to we have to look out here is uh, if we if we look at their appearance, they're totally different in their appearance, um, or or so we're told. Bible scholars somehow tell us that their appearance was totally different. How they know that? Who knows? Who knows? But apparently, Elisha was bald. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> My kids remind me that I've got a little piece right here that's. Lacking in hair. And they like to point that out. Um, Elijah, on the other hand, was not. Uh, he, he, uh, he was a hairy person. And, and so uh, that kind of helps us to, to, to break down the two differences in there. Now, one thing that the passage talks about quite a bit, depending on uh, what translation you're using, if you're using King James or if you're using New King James, and um, I, I think ESV uses this as well, it talks about the mantle. Uh, give me your mantle. Uh, uh, pass me your mantle. Let me inherit your mantle. And so uh, when, when it talks about the mantle, uh, it's usually thought that the mantle is the cloak. And so I brought this jacket today just for the purpose of this illustration because it's 100 degrees outside and people don't wear suit jackets in 100 degrees unless you're crazy. Um, and so, so here we are. We, we've got the cloak. I apologize. <laughs> Do what? Don't apologize. It's true. So... So he, he rolled the cloak up, and uh, he had the cloak, and, and, and he would hit the water with the cloak. And you would think, well, why is he hitting the water with the cloak? And, but the, symbol, the symbolism behind the, behind the mantle, the, the cloak, was this, is that it was, the, it was the God's authority. He was going forth with God's authority or God's anointing. Um, and we've got our day's worth of use out of this jacket. And... Uh, He's going forth with God's authority or God's power, God's gifting, and and uh, and um, uh, with with the anointing of God. That's why it's so important. The mantle. Uh, at the end of the service, I, I want to sing the song. Uh, Let thy mantle fall on me. Let thy mantle fall on me. What does that mean? That means, Lord, let your spirit fall down on me. Let your anointing fall on me. 
And, and here's what was happening here. When we look at this, uh, we look at the, 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 the passage, there's several observations that stand out. And the first is, is that God gives double portions of his spirit. And to that we say, amen. Because sometimes we need double portions. If you, if you were around me yesterday, you knew that I needed a double portion of the spirit. Uh, Gary Dean, he called me Peter yesterday. He said, all right, Peter. Uh, I was not necessarily in the best mood yesterday. And, uh, but uh, he, he, this, uh, if, if you listen to Elisha, he says, he says uh, let me inherit your mantle. Let me inherit your spirit here. Give me a double portion of it. Now, Elijah's response is this. His response is, you have a difficult request. I'm going to start using that with my kids. You have a difficult request. But really what Elijah was saying was this. It's not mine to give to you. It's not mine, to, it's not mine to, for you to inherit. And why would you think, well, why could he inherit it? Well, see, Elijah was his spiritual son. It, it, the thought is, is that, that Elisha is asking, I want a double portion of, of uh, it, it could be wealth, it could be knowledge, it could be anything else but that he could have asked for. But what did he ask for? He said, I want a double portion of the anointing that God has given to you. I want a double portion, but it's not mine to give, is what Elijah says. But, listen, if you stay consistent, if you stay along, it will happen. Who was there when Elijah was taken up in the chariot of fire and the horses of fire? It was Elisha. I often think that that when we read this passage, when we <laughs> when we see that that the Lord comes, how does He come? Think about that. How does He come? Is Elijah in the presence of the Lord here? Does he when he when he's there and he's witnessing this? Is he in the presence of the Lord? And is that when he gets the double portion? By being in the presence of the Lord at that moment. In the consistency. He consistently sought out the double portion. And the Lord gave it to him. Not because of who his mentor was. But because of who God is. And because God is the one who gives double portions to those who seek Double portions. Um, we we see that uh, he, he's a. Uh, it's a difficult thing. It's not mine to give. Uh, it's a um, a double portion uh, comes from God. 
the, the request was for this anointing to fulfill the, the call that God had already placed upon his life. See, uh, Elisha was already a prophet. He was already, he was already called. He was, he was saying, I need an extra infilling, an extra anointing to go out and, and do the ministry that God has called me to do. And, and uh, you know, I think that for us today, uh, we need a, a, a double portion of the infilling of the Holy Spirit today. Amen? I, I think for us, uh, if we look at our country today, if we look at our world today, we can say that, that our uh, society today, it celebrates, uh, this is the month of June, it celebrates pride, homosexuality, sexual immorality. Society today celebrates the killing of babies, the occult, celebrates rebellion, it celebrates sin. We need a double portion. That's what we need. We need a double portion of the infilling of the Holy Spirit here. Uh, uh, when uh, we look at our country, we've become less Christian, more pagan. We're, we're now considered post-Christian. I went to a very conservative Bible college. They, they were top-notch in theology. Top-notch. Couldn't ask for a better Bible college in theology. In practice, I can tell you how to do church in 1995. I can do great with a church in 1995. They were a little dated in that approach. I asked my professor, I said, pastoral ministry, I said, why are these techniques so dated? And he said, well, I could teach you kind of an outline of things. But if I taught you present day ministry, by the time you graduated, it would already be outdated. Because we're moving into a post-Christian society. And you're going to have to learn how to be a Christian and how to minister in a society that is not primarily Christian. But here's the thing. I think that revival can come to our land. I think that we can turn that around. I, I, you know, I, I think that we need a double portion in our country. I think we need an infilling of the Holy Spirit to come about and change the hearts and lives of people to come and know Him. I, I sometimes think that that um, when, when we say that we need a double portion, it has to deal with the church too. I sometimes think that, that, that if we're not careful, the church uh, in general can become uh, anemic and the church in general can become habitual. And, and you know, I think sometimes we can say that, that, that church needs to, uh, the church itself needs a double portion and infilling. We, well, here we are, we're, we are the, the bridegroom of Christ. We got something to be excited about. We've got something that we can, that we can be proud of. We can, we've got something that the world doesn't have. And what is that? We have the knowledge of the gospel. The mystery has been revealed. That's what, that's what Colossians says. The mystery has been revealed that Jesus Christ saves. We can be excited about it. We need a double portion today. An infilling of the Holy Spirit We've got Christians arguing about pettiness while people die and go to hell. We need a double portion. 
We need, we need this anointing, this double portion, and this anointing that's so strong and so powerful that only comes from, from the Holy Spirit, the one that is sent by Jesus himself. Remember in John, he says, he says I am sending you a helper, not, and, and the, the word there is paraclete. I'm not sending you uh, something different. I'm sending you, a, well, another of the same is what that means. I'm sending you the comforter, a helper. And, and, and the one that, that, that comes from Jesus himself, this anointing here where it's so strong and powerful that people get saved and that people get sanctified, that people get baptized, that people get transformed. Remember, that, that's kind of the, the thought that goes a, a, around uh, people coming to know Jesus is that they get transformed, that they don't remain where they are, but they be transformed. Romans 12 tells us, be, be, if you're King James, you, you'll remember this, be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind. There's a transformation that happens when people come to know Jesus. That you can't remain where you were. People get healed with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is my prayer is that there's an anointing with the Holy Spirit. That, that, that uh, uh, people get right with God and others. Because you know, when there's an infilling of the Holy Spirit, restitution has to happen. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit says, hey, you, you know that one time when you did this, this, and this? You need to apologize about that. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to make restitution to people that you don't want to make restitution to. Ain't that the truth? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was 2020. Um, previous church we were at, I've told you the story before. I had a guy pull a gun on me. I was on the church board, pulled a gun on me. Um, <laughs> great church board member. Uh, in the church parking lot. And I was praying, Lord, you know, I, I was in prayer and the Lord said, you need to write a letter to that guy because he has something against you and you've got something against him. And you need to ask for forgiveness from him and you need to forgive him. I was like, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> Y'all, it was so bad that we had to get the local police department involved at one point. It was bad. I put it off and I was like, no, surely, surely that's not it. And the Lord brought it back. The Holy Spirit says, oh, oh, oh no, no, you, you need to do that. So I found myself writing a letter of forgiveness and to ask for forgiveness of this guy whom really I'd come to hate and did not realize it at the time. The Holy Spirit will lead you to restitution. It's, that, that, that's my prayer, is that the anointing, the overflowing, the double portion is so strong among the church that restitution has to happen among us. 
We need a double portion. And you know, one thing that we have to we have to look at is that this was not a new. Or uh, let me take that back. This was not an, a leftovers approach to anointing. Uh, Elisha's double portion was not the leftovers of Elijah. This was a new anointing that happened. The double portion was a new anointing. Elijah says, it's not mine to give. And so when I, I, I've come to believe that when, when he says it's not mine to give, and, it, and, and if it's all God's to give, then that means that when God gives something, that he doesn't give the leftovers of anything. Remember, God doesn't give us somebody else's leftovers. He doesn't say, he doesn't say oh, well, you're, you know, uh, you're, your father sinned, and so therefore you're going to get the leftover approach to that. No, you don't get that. You don't get the leftover sins of, of, your, of your parents. You don't, you don't get that. He, he, if you ask for forgiveness, he forgives you of your sins. Absolutely, right? Amen? We believe that? Um, and and uh, so, so this anointing, it's new. It's for him. He received a fresh anointing for the Lord. It met Elisha's calling. Uh, it was up to date. Uh, but it had no less power uh, than what before. Uh, and, and know this this morning. This is, this is uh, uh, what, what I, I see a lot of today is that, is that uh, we have to be aware that, that uh, uh, we can't make it to heaven on the coattails of others. We, uh, we used to have this phrase called the coattail Christians. And the thought was is that, is that I'm going to make it into heaven on the coattails of my parents. And that's not the case. It's not the case at all. It's your personal relationship with Jesus is that's going to get you there. It, it's, a, it's a fresh and feeling that you have have to have. And, and, and here's the thing, Christians, church, uh, is that if you, you cut yourself short, if you live off of yesterday's infilling, you, uh, you devalue and you underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit if you're living off of yesterday's infilling. Our teens, they just went to camp, or not camp, they just went to a conference. And Laura came home and, and she she stood in the living room and she told us all about about this conference and this is what we did at the Salvation Army and this is this is uh, what what the conference speaker said and and this is what we did at the other place that we did things at and and uh, and, and there was an excitement there and one thing that we see oftentimes with kids and teens is that when they have this huge experience it's it's like this this shot in the arm this spiritual shot in the arm. And we have, to, we have to be reminded that conferences and camps are great, absolutely great. I was, I was saved and sanctified at a kids and, ke- and teens camp. I absolutely support that. But, you know, it's a fresh and feeling that you need. And to the older per- person this morning, to those that are a little bit older than young, know this morning that Jesus has done great things but he wants to do even greater things. You can't live off of yesterday's infilling. You need a fresh infilling. Verse 13 tells us. Verse 13 says, Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. 
And he took the cloak that had fallen from Elisha, and he struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and the left, and he crossed over. He didn't stay where he was. He didn't say, man, that was was great. I've never seen anything like that before. Chariots of fire. Horses of fire. I've never seen anything like that before. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to watch it and see, see if it comes again. He didn't say that. He picked up the cloak and he turned around and he continued in the mission. When you have the double portion, you have to go forward with what God has called you to do. He was on a mission to continue. He knew what he was called to do. And he kept doing it.